This is the first half of a conversation about affirmative action and reverse discrimination. We talk about what affirmative action is, some of the ways it's been applied, and various court cases challenging the use of affirmative action. We also get into positive discrimination, which is the UK equivalent of reverse discrimination. Just doing the research for this got me really fucking fired up. This is stupid. People lost their fucking minds over this, which people get pissed whenever we get rights or acknowledgement. I stand by that 100%. And I stand with you. You really got to ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. Like, why does equity and equality anger people so much? If you are as great as you claim to be, or if we are as inferior, then you shouldn't be threatened. But they are threatened like a mofo because they know that there's a deep-seated insecurity. And so all that to say, when we get into this, it shows. It shows in the backlash. It It shows in the just fuck it. Let's just get into it. Yeah, we got we got to get into it because we're going to be going off. Lead us in with our definition, Olivia. It was put in place in 1961 by JFK. They kill his ass. You had to. Come on. How dare you? They were like, you done fucked up everything. So they killed his ass. Yeah. In 1963, I think. Yeah. This was put into place. It was an executive order that was put into place to combat discrimination on the basis of race, creed, color. Or national origin. I don't think they were saying religion quite yet. So I think Creed was supposed to cover that. I wonder if Creed was supposed to cover religious and political affiliation. I think, and I think it's a catch all term for both of those. It started out really specific to government contractors and subcontractors to eliminate discrimination there. (laughs) And the fact that there needed to be a law to eliminate discrimination just sit with that for a while yep (laughs) jesus okay and it was extended in 1965 by lbj president lyndon b johnson for those yes apologies for the folks listening who aren't yes u.s citizens thank you for that yeah yeah and this is where he established the office of federal compliance and civil service commission which is essentially like hr for public government. servants. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, uh, for government employees. <laughs> yes. In 1967, gender was added to the list of protected classes. We're going to be talking about protected classes. Yeah. My, keep going. Mm-mm. And so also, too, in 1973, I think this was Nixon. He created legislation for to include rather people with disabilities to that protected status and veterans. I read somewhere that it said 1974, but I couldn't find anything to substantiate it. So I'm just going to say sometime later. As you can tell, affirmative action is a collection of policies. It's not one executive order or one type of law. It is a collection of pieces of legislation that were instituted to level the playing field. People just hear affirmative action and think black people are getting jobs that they don't deserve. Yes, black people and people of color because they don't like it when it happens for Hispanics or Asians, Indians, 
Native, Native Americans. People. Yeah. Ooh, yep. God help you if you belong to any like multiple classes, whether it's gender, mm. sexual orientation. That was added, but I don't know when. I am going to guess that was added in the early 2000s. That's my guess. We didn't look this up because like we said, listen, if you want to start in 61 and move into the present, we're talking about 60 plus years now of legislation mm-hmm. and bills that have been passed. So Precisely. yeah, we, we can't. We could do an episode for every piece of legislation. So no, we're not going into all of them. Absolutely not. No, no we're not. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to feel left out. So affirmative action laws are policies instituted by the government to help level the playing field, like we said, for those historically disadvantaged due to factors such as race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. That includes people who are um, U.S. nationals and things like that as well, or immigrants and things like that. These laws are typically used in application to equal opportunities in employment, education, and business. And business might be financials for starting a business or tax credits (laughs) business owners get. Mm -hmm. So let's get into some specifics. You want to talk about who's benefited from affirmative action? White women. They said that Euro-Americans... That was their term, not mine, benefited the most from affirmative action, especially after 1971 when the language was updated to reflect that 1967 executive order. So white women were more likely to have higher levels of position, like upper management and things of that nature. Right. They were graduating college at higher rates than ever before. Now that was specifically women in general, but white women especially were really making strides in that area. There were more white women physicians after 1970 than ever before. So it was just predominantly white women. And that's how a lot of people skirted, a lot of businesses, especially in colleges, skirted that affirmative action rule because they could still hire white. It was just a woman and maybe not a man. They could still enroll white, but not necessarily a man. And before anybody goes off, because I know somebody is fuming while you're speaking. Oh, I'm sure. It doesn't mean that other people did not benefit. Yes. We're talking about who benefited the most. most. Other people did and have and still do mm-hmm. to whatever extent we can. But um, I don't want to say nobody's going to go after white women, but they definitely don't go after white women the way they go after. They don't. Black men or black people in general, but right. in male dominated professions. Ooh, don't some white guys hate it when you hire on some black dudes or hate it when a black guy got a job that they applied for. Wow. And the first thought for a lot of people, those people got in due to race. And uh, that's the opposition for a lot of people of color. They wanted to get rid of affirmative action because people don't think that they earned their position. I need people to understand. That affirmative action has been challenged in the courts for decades. And 
It's not being applied like people think it is. So people started talking about affirmative action as a form of reverse discrimination, which is stupid because it was instituted so that people did not consider race, creed, national origin, sex in hiring practices or for admissions into educational institutions. That's what it was for. It was not, okay, you've got to make sure there's a few black people in here. So you pick the black people over the white people. You pick the women over the men, etc. That's not what it was instituted for. I think people forget that the recent affirmative action was necessary was because it was commonplace for discrimination yes against people because of their race color creed or sex there were so many times women didn't get hired because well she's gonna be a mom and she's not gonna be as available she's super emotional she can't do the job women aren't that smart and the same with black people right people still thought we were fucking stupid they still think that but anyway that This was in response because there was so much discrimination against those things and to equal the playing field basically was kind of to force the situation like you will not discriminate. Yeah, you cannot continue to discriminate. When people talk about reverse discrimination, it's not a thing. It's stupid because it was supposed to remove these aspects of diversity from consideration altogether. But you know what? The thing of it is, at least in this fucking country, I would argue the world over, but definitely in here, that's the only experience I can speak to. This is the only place I lived. We don't know how to do inclusion correctly up in not this bitch. All, it, we do not. not set up to be inclusive, especially white folks. We turned affirmative action legislation into a different discriminatory practice. And that's not what was outlined in the legislation set forth by JFK and LBJ. But this is what businesses decided to do with that legislation, because you can't just be inclusive without the practices that we're about to talk about in these fucking court cases. So let's just get into it. Here we go. The first major challenge to affirmative action was in 1978, there was a case Regents of the University of California v. I want to say back. It's B A K K E. Just to fuck I me would up. Say back or backy, backy. Okay. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled five to four that quotas can't be used to reserve positions for minority applicants if white applicants are denied a chance to compete for those positions. And the court outlawed quota programs for places of employment. It allowed colleges to use race as a factor in making admissions decisions. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Having quotas that need to be filled by minorities or some of the literature we read read called it minority Mm set-asides, where you've got a certain number of positions that specifically have to be filled by minority applicants and employees. And that is stupid. Okay, y'all, if there's a piece of government legislation saying that there needs to be quotas, email us, hit us up on social media, say something, because I did not find that. That don't mean it's not there. It just means I didn't find it. I acknowledge that. And the government, they specified that they wanted at least 1% of their workforce to be 
people with disabilities or veterans. And a lot of the times those two can be combined, but that's not saying we're going to hire just indiscriminately to fill this quota. To me, that still doesn't specify a quota. You can set a goal to increase the diversity in your workplace or in a place of employment or in the government, whatever. You can set a goal to do that. And you can find qualified and fucking overqualified, as a lot of us with disabilities tend to be. You can find people like that and hire them. Yes. You can find applications like that amongst your applications. So I still don't think that that supports having a quota like, hey, you need to have four positions in this department that needs to be filled by somebody from marginalized communities. Affirmative action legislation was not intended to do that. But you know what? This just goes to show, though, that these quotas were put in place to force people's hand because otherwise, how would the legislation that was already passed not be enough? Why does your establishment have to go a step further and be like, okay, well, In order to implement this legislation, we don't have to just have these four or five whatever positions only filled by minority applicants, making it so that a requirement for the job is that you need to be a member of a protected class. And yes, I agree. All that is fucked up. That should not be a requirement of a job. It shouldn't. I understand why they did it, though, because here's the thing that you can do. It's really hard to prove that somebody did not hire you, for example, because you are part of one of these protected classes. All they have to do is say, we found a more qualified applicant. We can't help that all of our qualified applicants are white. They yes, just and then they do more this qualified. Too. Yes. Right. So I think that's where the idea of the quota came in because they're like, OK, y'all ain't slick. Y'all going to keep doing this shit, talking about, well, we can't find anybody who's a qualified, you know, black person, indigenous person, person with disability. We can't find them. But we do find these people and we're we're about progression and da, 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 da. And so they'll use that as a loophole. So then I think that's where this whole idea came into play. I'm like, all right, if you have X amount of workers, X percentage of your workforce must be part of one of these protected classes. However, no one said you had to hire unqualified people. Yes. Thank you. Say that. That's the idea Mm -hmm. that people think you only got into this position because of your protected status. And it's like, no, bitch, that helped. But that's not why I'm here. The reason I'm here is because I'm fucking qualified to do this goddamn job. It just so happens that I belong to a protected class. And let's not act like companies are not getting fucking kickbacks and shit. I do think there are tax credits. Yes. For having. Because they had to incentivize these companies to do this. Yeah, they, they had to because otherwise motherfuckers would keep discriminating and do. Okay. The Supreme Court began placing significant restrictions on race-based affirmative action in Only. 1989. Oh, yeah, just race-based affirmative action. In several decisions that year, the court gave greater weight to claims of reverse discrimination, outlawed the use of minority set-asides in cases where previous racial discrimination couldn't be proved, and put limitations on the use of racial preferences by states that were stricter than those it applied to the federal government. I don't understand that. That's very (laughs) strange. In Adirond Construction v. Pena, 
which was a 1995 case, the court ruled that federal affirmative action programs were unconstitutional unless they fulfilled a compelling governmental interest, whatever the fuck that is. In 1996, the California Civil Rights Initiative, which was Proposition 209, was passed, which prohibited all government agencies and institutions from giving preferential treatment to individuals based on race or sex. And a lot of states since have passed similar legislation. It just flies in the face of people who still bitch about affirmative action to this day, and especially still bitch about it in reference to race. Mm -hmm. Affirmative action covers legislation that applies to many different diverse populations is not just race-based it's not just based on somebody's sex and people do not realize that bitching up and down and complaining about this is harmful to so many different groups yeah. not just people of color and women mm -hmm. there were several court cases i believe at the writing of this article is a vox article and I want to say it was dated 2016. So lots of stuff have happened since. Up to that point, there were at least four different cases. I think one or two of them reached the Supreme Court. And there were a few the Supreme Court decided not to hear. They were all brought by white women who claimed that they were being discriminated against for not being accepted into the colleges of their choice. There was Abigail Fisher. She brought her case in 2012 against, I believe it was the University of Texas. She felt because she had such high marks. I believe they said 10% of the graduating class in Texas, the top 10% rather, are automatically accepted into this university. And they have a stringent entrance process. And this young lady felt that she should have gotten in. And the reason she didn't was because she was white. Never There's mind no that white she's... people at the University of Texas, apparently. <laughs> Even though I think they said her in her year, one black person, four Latinos and 42 white people had gotten in. But no, for but, her. But you know what happened, Olivia, is that they should have accepted her instead of one of those Latino people or instead of that one black person. This is the problem that she had. Yes, that was it. That was her problem because there is no way, even though majority of the people accepted that year, you never mind. It's a stringent process. Never mind. 42 people were white. Those five non-white people, they took the spot away from her. I can't. One of those non-white people should have been discriminated against instead of her just not being accepted. And mm -hmm. also, <laughs> hilarious. you know what? As much as people talk about how they are not in favor of segregation, they show act like there should just be some other school, some other place where we work, some other place where we live. Right. Like it should not be where they are as white people. And to be clear, it was the University of Texas, Austin. Oh, yes. that's so right. She felt that she was displaced. That's that reverse discrimination bullshit. That they is, this is exactly about. why we're saying it's bullshit. Reverse discrimination is not a real thing. Never mind that that same year was 2008 where she was trying to get into that year. 
like I said, one black person, four Latinos and 42 white people were accepted with lower scores than her. But 168 black students were rejected who had better scores than her. So how do you make sense of that, Miss Fisher? But you were displaced. Well, they should have been rejected because they were black. That's different, <laughs> right? Totally different. Like, <laughs> she was a surefire thing. It doesn't matter that they were rejected. Ooh, these people, the cognitive dissonance and just the, the, the flaw in reasoning. Gymnastics. Yes, the mental gymnastics. Mm, mm, mm. I just honestly keep going. Mm-hmm. So there's this other one. She was um in 1996. It was the Hawkwood versus Texas case. What is this person's name? Cheryl Hawkwood. Okay. She said, despite excellent scores and fitting the profile of a surefire admit, she was denied. But 62 people were admitted instead of her, nine of which who had better scores. And so... She was actually one of the first successful cases who challenged affirmative action policy in her school. As far as I understand, universities admit people based on more than their GPA. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much everyone does. When I was applying for college, people told me, like, make sure you put your community service that you've done on there and the clubs you were active in, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So... It takes more than a good GPA to get into university or into a college. Yes, it does. And it takes more than being white also. It takes more than being white. You need to show up more than just as a white person in order to be a sure bet. But these these last two cases actually are against University of Michigan Ann Arbor. Yeah, talk about this. These assholes. Let's hear this. So basically, it's the same claim, right? Yes. This was uh, law school, right? Yes. It yeah. Was 2003. Yep. Barbara Grutter and Jennifer Gratz brought cases against University of Michigan Ann Arbor, and they said they were essentially discriminated against because they did not fit one of the protected classes, even though they did. They do because they're women. I don't even know. They're like, well, race. It doesn't matter that they're women. And that's a protected class. That's a protected class. But they just said, oh, it's because I'm white. I'm not basically. a person of color. I'm not a person of color. Mm. And that is why I didn't get in. Like you said before, it's so harmful to just narrow it down to that. And that is where the backlash comes from. No one says, oh, I don't think it's fair that people of different religions can't be discriminated against. <laughs> like, no, no one's saying that. You know, you do have some people. We live in a very misogynistic society, okay? Yep. So there's that. for women, especially right now. Man, child. You don't hear people screaming from the rooftops about the other protective statuses the way they do about race. That is the only thing they can nope. think of. And it's wild because people are like, oh, race isn't a thing until they make it one. It's, but white people are always saying that. And there are some people of color who agree with them. But it's like, y'all want to pull on race when you feel like you're being discriminated against. It's even worse than that. They want to pull the race card whenever we, those of us better. in marginalized communities, Get access to something that previously it was not as easy for us to get access to. Previously, mm-hmm. you could play your white card and that would be enough. It wasn't even a white card. 
the game was just white. So it was a non-factor. But that's what I'm saying. Like before you could just show up as your white self, Mm -hmm. you could exist as your white self and not be in competition with those of us who are not white. And now that we are in your spaces, you feel like you being pushed out. And that is fucked up. Beyond fucked up. You have access to more opportunities than we do and you know it. Just because you didn't get into the school that you wanted to. How many other fucking schools are there in this country? And that smacks of superiority too. Yes! Like, you feel that there is no way anybody of color, you're not mad at the other white people who got in. Nope. You're mad at the people of color who got in when you didn't. You're not mad at the white dudes who got in. You're not mad at the white dudes. This society is set up for preferential treatment for white Christian men. Exactly. You know that. And then you come after us. You come after us because you bought into the ideology that you are inherently better. If it wasn't that, why didn't you challenge on the basis of every fucking body who was let into that school? Why Why don't you you challenge on the basis of sex discrimination? Because you know some dudes got in. There are some people, some white men whose test scores were lower than yours. Yes! But they got in because they were white men. But you don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. You're okay with that. It's how fucking dare somebody who is black, indigenous or other person of color. How fucking dare they usurp what should be yours? Like, get the fuck over yourself. We don't need affirmative action, though, right? (laughs) Because everything's fair now. Y'all, and this is why when people talk about how Black people don't face discrimination and we we are complaining about racism when it's no longer a thing. This is why we get pissed the fuck off. There's been cases. You said something was in 2012. This is not a thing of the past. No. Y'all just think racism went away because y'all ain't reading. It started in 2012, but she fought it for seven years. So that just ended in 2019. See, and y'all want to invalidate us based on the shit that y'all don't know. We know that's the thing. Having a black existence here, we've got to recognize because white people will tell you all day long that we live in a post-racial society. And and we got some coons out there doing it, too. But ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Who is agreeing with your ass. Yes, Y'all you do. Y'all got the Candace Owens and all them people. Mm-hmm. You will find a few of those. Talking about how racism is only a thing because black people bring up race. No, this is all white people, white women. Mm. But this is all white people getting mad because people of color are allowed. They're allowed. And we are allowed. And they didn't get in. That that to them is the only reason why you only got in because of color. And we'll talk about that. The idea of white superiority and everybody else inferiority. That's what it is at the core. It really is. And that's what we mean, too, when we say, like, listen, discrimination is not as blatant as it used to be, but it's still around. Yeah. I wanted to talk about positive discrimination in the U.K., which is interesting because I never heard of it till you brought it up. Yeah, I was in a clubhouse room where people were talking about affirmative action and some folks from the UK brought up how positive discrimination is illegal there. Let me just say this. Positive discrimination is not the same as affirmative action. I'm going to say it again. Affirmative action was put in place so that people would not take race into consideration. Positive discrimination is giving preferential treatment to people with a protected characteristic. 
rather than due to their suitability. This applies to recruitment or promotion in the workplace. I do not know if it applies to education over there. Any consideration an employer takes regarding protected characteristics violates the Equality Act of 2010. And this specifies that it's against the law to discriminate against someone because of age, disability, gender reassignment, marriage and civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity, race, religion or belief, sex, and sexual orientation. Examples of positive discrimination include having a quota on hiring a specific number of people based on a protected characteristic. For instance, hiring a female candidate rather than a more suitable male candidate because you're concerned that there's a lack of females in your organization. That's positive discrimination unless an employer can prove it was intended to achieve a legitimate aim. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, boy. I don't know what that means. They always throw that in there. That's up there uh, with that court case I was talking about earlier, where it's like you got to prove that it upholds a compelling government interest. What the fuck is that? That is so very vague. Another example of positive discrimination is hiring a BAME, which stands for Black, Asian, and Minority Ethnic Employee, to fill diversity and minority group quotas over a more qualified Mm non-BAME candidate. I got a problem with the um, phrase BAME, or I don't know if they call it BAME over there, but... I don't care for it. Stop doing this! I get that's a UK thing, so I'm gonna let y'all have y'all language. But as an unsolicited opinion, I don't care for it. Just like I don't care for... BIPOC. This is positive racial discrimination. Yes? So my thing is, again, I agree that having quotas is problematic. I agree. But I have to say, if you leave it in the discretion of the hiring people, you still run the risk, a great risk, of them saying they didn't find any candidates they will say that yeah i don't know what the answer is because i don't we, either when we pretend race doesn't exist default people of color get excluded exactly so i do understand the problem of quotas i do but i feel like it's a no-win situation because right. if you have them they'll always have people who say you only got this because you're this protected characteristic But then also without that, then you run the risk of them just defaulting to racist ideology or racist cover ups. I'm going to call them racist cover ups when you say you couldn't find qualified non-white candidates. That's a racist cover up. That's not really hard to prove. It is unless someone says, sorry, no blacks. Right. (laughs) They're not going to do that. They know better. That's why we talk about microaggressions and stuff, because things are not as you can't blatantly say that like someone had posted a rejection letter from one of their family members in the 1960s or something. It's 50s or 60s. And it said basically this is here in the U.S. And they were like, yeah, we've never had a Negro on staff and people don't feel comfortable with it. So unfortunately, we can't offer you that this position. 
they can't say that now, now, now. they can't do that because of the because law that is blatant discrimination and the people are like here and then they'll go oh crap and then we'll win so what do you do instead you say oh well i found this candidate who was more qualified in the hiring process at least here in the u.s is very insular like you don't know first off of course there are computers going through all of this stuff first and then you've got the human element and so because of that you don't know what's going on while they're sifting through applications it could be as simple as a name but you can't prove that well my name is jaquista and that's why they didn't hire me all they have to do is send you back a letter saying Thank you for your application. Unfortunately, we found another qualified candidate or something to that extent. I want to say you can prove it in a way. I don't know how legal this is. It's mm-hmm. got to be when people apply using different names. Can you do this? I think you can. But people girl, let people me tell have you, done this. Mostly they do that for studies because applying for jobs is tiresome. <laughs> I don't know if you can legitimately use a name that's not yours. I don't believe you can. I don't know. I that's think- tough, huh? You got to present people with your like social security card and stuff over here. That's more once you get hired. But like if you come in and then they can use that, they'd be like you were deceptive. It does show or even like folks who are disabled. It is very interesting when you stop disclosing your disability, how many more job interviews you get. That is true. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, y'all. So you can say there shouldn't be quotas and there shouldn't be you shouldn't be looking out for hiring diverse populations. But when we don't look out, we get discriminated against. Or, you know, when we tell people it's funny that the 180 people do. When you tell them, I've had this with volunteer opportunities. Money wasn't even on the line. And I was turned down when I was like, hey, I'm blind. Can I come in prior to orientation just so that I can get familiar with the layout of the um, building or whatever? And that way my ass ain't lost (laughs) on the day of orientation. And they're like, oh, well, there's concerns about. Yeah, that's very fucking interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, they do the same sometimes when people learn that you're black. But it's not in the same way. So positive age discrimination is promoting an underqualified employee to a managerial position when they are considerably younger than the rest of the team. We're back in the UK. That's in the UK. They do this shit over here all the fucking time. Man. Whoa. Especially when you're white. My mom trained the person who eventually became her boss. Mm-mm. He trained him. And then a few years later, he became her boss. Yeah. I'll give you a hundred Monopoly bucks if you can guess what ethnic group to which he belonged. Oh, he wasn't white, was he? There's no way. White <gasps> people don't get these types of privileges. Ever that? <laughs> How ethnic did you guess? <laughs> okay. Um, so here we go. What they've got in the UK is positive action. So instead of calling it affirmative action, they have positive action. This is about taking steps to improve equality. This differs from discrimination, where a person is employed specifically because of a protected characteristic rather than because they're the most qualified or equally qualified for a position. Wait, I'm a little confused. I know. At least it's not just me. So somehow people are supposed to take specific steps to 
improve equality. And this this is where the waters get muddied. Because when we tell people they can take specific steps to improve equality and people do stuff like implement quotas, then we turn around and call that in the UK positive discrimination. Over here, we call it reverse discrimination. Like you said, it's a fucking no win situation. How do you take steps to improve equality without non-protected classes of people screaming that you're discriminating against them? Like, how do we do it? I do not believe in the inherent goodness of people, mm-hmm. but that's what I feel like they're saying without saying, oh, people will do the right thing. No, they will no, not. It's been proven time and again. We wouldn't have to put these laws in place if they would do the right thing. Right. It's essentially legislation for discrimination. That's what you're doing. Yeah. because You're making it illegal to hire based on protected characteristics. However, you're not doing anything to make sure that people aren't being discriminated against. You're just hoping. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.